This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. Milk and Honey sources and uses the safest possible ingredients in both their spa treatments and product lines, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. I recently went to their Brentwood location to treat myself to a spa day. In addition to having a wonderful and deeply therapeutic massage, I really appreciated how peaceful and relaxing the spa environment is. The lounge that is available for guests pre and post treatments felt like a little sanctuary and retreat away from the outside hustle and bustle of LA. We are so excited to now be able to offer our listeners a discount at all milk and honey spas, including both LA locations in Culver city and Brentwood. We are even more excited to partner with them to offer a spa package called the courageous wellness retreat, a 60 minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. And for all our listeners in any location, their online boutique offers products from the milk and honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, super goop, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CW Podcast. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package at a special discounted rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. And you can find all this information in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our Courageous Wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a really um, 
excellent episode and conversation this week with Jill Miller, who is the author of Body by Breath. We're going to talk about the science and the practice of physical and emotional resilience with her. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to do some little updates as we usually do. And Erica, what's going on with you? Um, not too much this week. It's been it's been a lot of prep. I'm going to Florida this weekend um, for a little spiritual conference. So we'll I'll be back by the time this episode airs. But um, this upcoming weekend at the time of recording, I'm going our Buddhist organization has a conference center or little weekend retreat center of sorts um, out in South Florida. And I'm going this weekend for a women's conference. And Fine. it's going to be lovely. We get to I've gone to a couple before. It's my first since the pandemic. But it's just a weekend where, you know, they have like a 24 hour chanting room and <laughs> it can like chant my heart's desire. And, you know, there's um free time, but there's also like you know, study sessions and Q&A sessions. And, you know, with everything that's been going on, I'm just really looking forward to a little spiritual retreat weekend to kind of, you know, get back to my mind, body and spirit. And I'm going, which is really exciting. I'm going with my childhood best friend who I've known since the fourth grade. And she started practicing Buddhism 10 years ago. And so wow. it's her first time going to the Buddhist conference and we're going to get to go together and we're going to room together and fly together. And so it's kind of like, so it's like a spiritual retreat and a friendship weekend, which is going to be, I think what the doctor ordered. So after we record this, I'm going to pack away and packing awesome. away has kind of led to reorganizing my closet slightly. <laughs> so I'm going to do some closet organization, but yeah, I'm really looking to some sp- looking forward to some spiritual wellness this weekend. Good. I'm happy for you. And it'll be nice and warm there. It's been kind of chilly and yucky in LA. It's supposed to be 88 and raining and storming, oh. but I think Florida has scattered showers. They're so it's, scattered. it's not going to be they'll all move day. in and out. Yeah. And, um, nice. That's fun. What but about I'll- you? Um, oh, one of my updates is I'm going to my college reunion, which is crazy, but it'll be really fun. I'm excited to go see some long lost friends, some old college (laughs) friends, some who I haven't seen in 15 years, which is crazy. And then, um, and that's in the Northeast. I went to Vassar for my undergrad. So that's in New York state. Um, and then other than that, I've been doing uh, my second round with a CGM uh, using levels and the levels app. And this time around, I'm less in the, what they call the explorer phase where it was like very experimental in the beginning. And um, now I'm kind of like, I don't know, like really kind of cluing into what works for me. And like, yeah, there's still some like, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to spike on this. But like, in, in fact, I'm actually sort of incentivized to really manage my blood sugar. And like, we, we were just eating some lunch and um, I did have some Simple Mills crackers, which are made from almond flour and like a combination of things. But even those make my glucose spike. And even with protein, they make my glucose spike. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm going to try it one more time. And sure enough, it made my glucose spike. So it's just, it's just interesting. Um, but it's like, I don't know. It's like the more I do this, the more I just really feel like I get to know myself and really how to manage my 
um, energy. That's what it is. It's like I manage my energy with this app, which is really cool. And then you stop needing the app, you know, because yeah. you just get into patterns. So, um, yeah, that's that's the latest and the greatest. But I do recommend if it is accessible to anybody listening, I do recommend trying it at some point. It's really cool. Um, it is. It sounds yeah. really cool. And I just love it's very cool to have that kind of information about yourself in real time. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, this time around, I feel like I was like a little bit stressed dealing with some stuff like the last time I did it. And this time around, my resting glucose is like better. Like it's just yeah. – so I that's the thing. Like stress really affects your blood sugar. It can. Mm-hmm. It can. Um, and I definitely saw that last yeah. time. Um, but I do feel more chilled out this time around. So, um, but anyway, we have a great episode, so we should get to it just to, uh, remind everybody this episode is brought to you by milk and honey. Um, and we have an awesome code 20% off with code CW podcast at any of their spa locations. Uh, some in Los Angeles, Chicago, all over Texas. Um, Erica and I are big fans of their massages, their facials, the list goes on. You can also use the code at their online boutique uh, for their own hyper clean skincare products, or you can also have access to many other wonderful brands on their site. So again, CW podcast for 20% off. And with that, should we get to the episode? Let's do it. All right. So Jill Miller is a best-selling author and the co-founder of TuneUp Fitness Worldwide and creator of the self-care fitness formats Yoga TuneUp and The Role Model Method. With more than 30 years of study in anatomy and movement, she is a pioneer in forging relevant links between the worlds of fitness, yoga, massage, athletics, and pain management. Jill is the former anatomy columnist for Yoga Journal Magazine and is a contributing author on self-myofascial release in the medical textbook, Fascia, Function, and Medical Applications, as she has also been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Shape, Men's Journal, Good Housekeeping, Women's Health, and on the Today Show, Good Morning America, and the Oprah Winfrey Network. She is the creator of dozens of video programs and the author of the internationally best-selling book, The Role Model, a step-by-step guide to erase pain, improve mobility, and live better in your body. Her new book, Body by Breath, The Science and Practice of Physical and Emotional Resilience was released in February. And in Body by Breath, Jill takes us on a journey through our breathing body and presents more than 100 step-by-step techniques and practices to help you master the body-breath connection and reset your physiology. In this conversation, we have a detailed conversation on breath, emotional resilience, and Jill offers practical tips and tools with our audience. Eating disorders are mentioned in this episode, so if hearing about that topic does not support your health journey, please tune back next week. Enjoy the episode. Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches. I have advanced training in hormone health, and she has advanced training in gut health. And we offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. 
IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, or even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,500 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Thank you so much, Jill, for joining us today. We are excited to discuss your work and your new book. But before we begin, we always like to start with our guests' journey into the work that they do. So can you share a little bit about your background and how it led into the world of wellness and breath? Mm. Well, I was not a mover as a child. I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, off the grid in a solar home at the time, which was like the 1970s. I think I'm a little older than you all are. Uh, there, there were two entirely solar communities on the planet. At least that's what my parents told me. And we lived in one of them, which was outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico. My mother and stepfather had moved there, moved to Santa Fe to um, get into the solar industry. It was a really booming industry at the time. Um, President Carter at the time was giving people tax breaks for investing in solar. And so they were real pioneers. And um, and so I have a lot of you know childhood memories of just walking the dogs, but mostly not moving a lot, reading, reading a lot of books playing with dolls um, and watching videos on beta because you didn't get TV reception out where we lived. So if you wanted to watch anything, uh, it had to be on video. But um, I was a product of many, many divorces, many very radical moves. And um, I was a very smart kid, but I didn't I was completely out of touch with my body and all of those things come to bear because what happened around age 11, 12 is my mom brought home the Jane Fonda workout and the Raquel Welch yoga video. And that was sixth grade. And we started doing these videos together. And I remember being like incredibly sore and that pain, you, you know, that delayed onset. Now I know all the terms for it, but I didn't know back then. I just knew that, oh my God, it was so uncomfortable and sore, but I knew that there was something important about doing this, these exercises. And so I really went into a, a spiral of over-exercising and what I now know as orthorexia. I lost uh, all of my baby fat plus way more. I was very short. I was 4'9 and 100 pounds. And I went down to 65 pounds um, in a pretty short period of time because I just stopped eating. And I figured I figured out how to lose the weight. You know what I mean? Like in the most unhealthy way. Um, but the benefit of those videos was they started me on a journey through my body to find myself. Um, whereas before I was just living in my head and my thick glasses and, and all my books. Um, the story is much longer and there are many more twists and turns um, because I, the anorexia eventually morphed into bulimia, which was full out 
during most of college until I sought an intervention that actually worked. Um, at first, when I was throwing up, you know, my, my family and friends were like, well, you need to get in therapy. So of course I went to therapy, but therapy didn't do anything for me. What ended up working was one day I told a yoga teacher, I was doing work study. I was in college, I was studying performing arts, dance, movement, um, acting, singing. And one day I told this yoga teacher outside of school where I was doing uh, study because the healing arts always made me feel really good, like yoga. I was also studying massage outside of school. I was I was seeking I was seeking healing. And um, I told this yoga teacher that I couldn't feel my abs. And and I, and I knew something was wrong with that because my roommate would come to Pilates classes with me and she would always get sore. But I was never sore. And I, and I thought that there was a connection between my bulimia and then not getting sore in the abs. And it was basically because I felt nothing in my center. I had no feeling in my center except hate and disgust. Um, and so I mentioned this to her that I couldn't feel my abs and I thought it might be connected to the fact that I was throwing up. And then she gave me this prop and she said, lay down, lay belly down on this prop. And the prop was this sandbag that uh, shaped like a hamburger bun. So this was a prop in the Iyengar yoga space at the time. And so I laid belly down on this prop and I felt a lot of pain. I felt physical pain, and but I started to feel my emotional pain. I started to feel what I had been running from, what I had been avoided, what I had been avoiding, and all the feelings that were connected to this deep self-hate and deep um, mistrust of my body. Um, and that was really the path out for me. I started to innovate on that. I, the sandbag was very painful. So I started to roll up a hand towel in my dorm room every morning because I was very disciplined as many people with eating disorders are, very disciplined about that. I'd roll up this hand towel, shape it like a honey bun, lay down, move it around my abdomen and breathe. Um, and and I was able to heal. I mean, that was the path that brought me into the deep feelings within my body. I was finally able to communicate in a, a healthy way with the feelings that were not being allowed to be expressed with the anger, with the rage. Um, and then fast forward decades later, I have a whole fleet of products that really tap into body sense. Um, they also very much help a body with shoulder pain or neck pain or back pain. Um, but I now have uh, uh, two books, actually. One's called The Role Model, uh, which deals with the self-myofascial release approach I have. And then my new book, Body by Breath, which really is this emotional journey um, into self-contact through a variety of, variety of tools. Um, but it's really about, it's a long journey of recovery is what this book really covers, but also how you can recover your body from just the day-to-day -day stresses of life. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and sharing, you know, some of the the struggles too, the vulnerability and sharing, I know, with disordered eating and and things like that. I mean, the reason even we started this show is so that people could hear stories of others so that they don't mm. feel alone in whatever their um either health or kind of wellness or healing journeys might might be for them or where wherever they are. So thank you for, you know, being so open about that aspect of your own story. And I think what's really cool, hopeful, however you want to articulate that is the discovery that you were able to make um, 
between the emotion that you ultimately needed to release and and the body and your body and how it was it was in in your body your body held mm-hmm. on to some of that and so um and i think there's all this you know there's all this work now with um in like somatic healing that that relationship between body and emotion um so if anybody hasn't explored is listening and hasn't explored uh, breath work yet or the power mm-hmm. of the breath can you just take us down to um some of the basics maybe some of the basics of um even our anatomy and how the diaphragm works um just so that people can understand like when you were talking about even the rolling that you were doing how that affects the emotion that was coming up too for you there's so much to describe here and to discuss. And I love going to the anatomy first because I think without it, it can get very murky and uh, and mystical and um, and fantastical. But I think if we understand the, the location of the respiratory diaphragm, which is your primary breathing muscle and its impact on your organs of digestion, 22,000 times a day as it contracts, um, we can really see a a, a breath visceral relationship that um, can inform us about brain state um, and about brain to body, body to brain rather communication. Well, it's actually a two way street. It's body to brain and brain to body communication. Um, But let's, I guess let's start with the respiratory diaphragm for your listeners. And I love that you all are coming from the nutrition space. It's not, I don't frequently talk to folks in the nutrition space. I pretty much try to steer clear of it because of my own history of disordered eating and feeling like I I don't have anything to contribute to the nutrition part of the conversation. Um, I do have a lot to say about recovery and what it's like to be on the other side of disordered eating, however. Um, So it's interesting to get to, to to bounce questions to to you. So um, the respiratory diaphragm, for those of you who don't know, is a asymmetrical trampoline-shaped muscle that lives inside of your rib cage. So you have have many ribs, you have 24 ribs, you have 12 on the right and 12 on the left. And the diaphragm goes up into the inside of the lower six of them. So that's that's half your rib cage is covered with this gigantic, trampoline-like muscle. The the muscle also connects to the back of your sternum, at the bottom of your sternum, this little bit called the xiphoid. If you're not familiar with your sternum, your sternum is that um, spade-shaped bone, that knife-shaped bone right in front of your heart and lungs. And then the diaphragm also inserts itself onto your lower back bones. Um, Probably a lot of bodies, a lot of humans don't really think about that their low back has these breath hooks that are upon it. And this is very, very important for low back health, as well as so many, so many other parts of your health. Um, so the, the diaphragm, when it contracts, it moves down. So when you breathe in, and generally we say this is um, an abdominal breath, or I call this a zone one breath, when we breathe in, the diaphragm contracts, and it, as it contracts, it pushes on all the organs that are living below it. So all of your organs are living in a big connective tissue sac below the diaphragm. And the movement of the diaphragm actually helps to move your food through your gut. It's also, you know, bouncing itself on top of your liver all day, every day. So we have this constant relationship between breathing and the bouncing of your viscera. And by the way, if your diaphragm weren't there to act as a partition between your lungs and heart and your organs, 
your organs would be up in your face because they're sitting in liquid and you know we we actually floating inside of ourselves i mean don't don't think for a minute that you are a solid thing you are a, a, a body made of lots of tiny bubbles you know your cells are, are bubble like and so your guts would just bubble up if it weren't for that wonderful parent of the diaphragm saying oh no kids let's just bounce 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 you down here but that oscillation of the diaphragm really does help with motility and it helps with the general harmony preventing um preventing matter from getting stuck in your organs um, and also preventing the organs from getting stuck to themselves. So our organs have uh, a available glide between them because of this constant movement. And also digestion itself is an internal intrinsic movement within the organs. So as your breath is suctioned into your lungs, your diaphragm pushes down. And then when it's time for when your, your brain gets a signal that your oxygen saturation needs have been met, then that signal stops and your diaphragm flies back up and then your organs can actually float back up and air is pushed out of your body. Um, but the diaphragm, you know, I mentioned the diaphragm is connected to your chest wall via the sternum. It's connected to your low back, but it's also connected to all of these ribs. Yes. So we have, we have six ribs that are pasted to the diaphragm. Um, and then there's other muscles that help your ribs to move. And these are called the intercostals. Now the intercostals should move well. And when they move well, it lifts your ribs up like bony mini blinds or bony gills and that's inhale. And then on exhale, those uh, ribs should be able to go down. And when we're breathing only in our rib cage, which can happen when we get amplified or when we're working out or when we have to brace our core for some reason, like uh, moving a heavy weight, or you're bracing for a punch, or maybe emotionally you're bracing for an argument, our breath will transition into this higher zone, into this zone two. And the zone two makes us more amplified. I mentioned in this zone one where digestion is happening, that's actually our most calm, least stressed state of being. But when we transfer into this zone two, into this rib cage zone, um, we start to become more amplified in a, in a higher stress state. And higher stress doesn't mean diabolical, it doesn't mean that it's bad, but if we only live as zone two breathers, it's probably gonna transfer a lot of stress into our back muscles, into our chest muscles. And then that invariably does lead to higher stress states that end up transferring us into something that I call zone three breathing. Zone three breathing doesn't really utilize the diaphragm very much, but it mostly utilizes muscles of the face, neck, and head. And you'll see this in the posture of startle, like, or shock, or fear, or this is the posture of breathing after you've, like, you've just exerted yourself like crazy in a hit class, and you bend over, and your head is slumped, and your shoulders are riding up towards your ears. So we use this breath zone in case of emergency, and we use it um, only as needed, but we better be able to bounce back. We better be able to bounce back into zone one, zone two breathing so that we have a more calibrated, balanced, more homeostatic style of breathing rather than living in this you know, high stress state um, uh, breath zone. So each of these zones have lots of different muscles. I can talk all about them, but I'm hoping that I'm trying to give you the, the, the impression that you know, the diaphragm's range is global not just in the musculoskeletal, but also via the nervous system. So how our body is breathing impacts greatly our ability to focus, our ability to calm or accelerate ourselves, and so on and so on. Wow. Yeah, this is, it's so 
fascinating and important. And I wish we were all taught this in school or early in life because it makes so much sense. And even myself, you know, I've been dealing with um, chronic shoulder pain um, and arm pain. And I've spoken about it on the podcast and it has improved greatly, but I'm currently in a flare up in my other arm in at the time of recording. And when you were speaking to about that, I think it was like zone three or when you're in that chronic state of stress and there may have been right an inciting incident that like caused this condition, but it was Mm -hmm. also during a time in my life of chronic stress, like chronic stress. And so just listening to you, and I know there's an emotional component to pain. Absolutely. I I believe that. And so, but hearing the way you're talking about the way I was breathing was not good. And then I have an inciting incident seems like a perfect storm for then some chronic pain. This episode is brought to you by Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, and Odyssey has an exciting new offer for Courageous Wellness listeners. Listeners can now receive one free can of Odyssey by visiting IWantOdyssey.com to get the next steps on how to redeem your free can. Unlike traditional energy drinks that are loaded with sugar and artificial ingredients, Odyssey is packed with natural ingredients, including functional mushrooms like lion's mane and cordyceps. These mushrooms have been used for centuries to improve mental clarity, increase focus, and boost energy levels. Not only do these mushrooms provide natural energy, but they also have a host of other health benefits. We have done multiple episodes on the power of functional mushrooms and love that they can help support your immune system, reduce inflammation, and even improve your mood. And it tastes really good. As someone who is not drinking alcohol, I also find this to be a fun and functional alternative to bring to parties, have as a post-work drink, and is a great afternoon pick-me-up in a lot of different flavors. So to redeem your free can, visit IWantOdyssey.com and receive a free can of Odyssey mushroom elixir. All information is available in our show notes and in our link tree on Instagram. How do you begin to train your body to breathe correctly then so that when we're in times of stress, Mm -hmm. we have that tool already, right? Because we can't stress is going to come. We know that just as a part of being human. So I guess like how do, how should we be breathing and what should we be doing to help our body all the time so that we can handle life? Yeah. I mean, the good news is that you are already breathing. Your body knows how to do it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be podcasting. You wouldn't be able to have these long extended sentences coming out of your mouth. Um, and I think fundamentally, um, worrying about your breath is just one more worry that can be extremely stressful. Um, so I try to take that, um, um, the, um, I guess the breath shame, like let's take that off right away and let's just start to tap in by using pressure into our trunk in a variety of interesting novel ways that make our body have to breathe around its the corners of itself. So let me let me rephrase and and and, and um uh back up just a little bit. Your your body is so strategic. It is going to protect breath at all costs. Um you're going to be able to for the most part unless there is absolute occlusion in, you know, your nose, mouth, 
throat, what have you. Um, your, your body is gnarly at being able to adapt to airway. It's also very gnarly at being able to adapt to the food tube. So just very interesting, like the parallels that we run also. It's like the body organizes itself around airway and around esophageal efficiency, right? Around the ability to suck, swallow, chew, and so on. Um, wonderful tubes. They're right next to each other, the trachea and the esophagus. Go look it up, kids. Uh, really fun anatomy. If you've ever um, dissected bodies, which is something I've done um, a number of times, it's just unbelievable, these neighbors. Okay. Bodies, <laughs> dissecting bodies aside. Sorry to freak you guys out. So um, the tools that I use in um, Body by Breath and, and Role Model, one of the primary tools that we use, number one, is the ability to witness. So you're witnessing yourself feeling like I am hungry for air. I feel like I can't get a full breath. I feel like I'm kind of grabbing at breath all the time. Um, I don't feel like I get a deep breath. I don't even know what that means, a deep breath. And uh, I feel for all the, the folks out there who are, have been told, take a deep breath. And you're like, I, I don't know what that means. Or you take a deep breath. And when you take a deep breath, your shoulders just go all the way up. And by the way, I have been in hospital rooms with nurses who put a stethoscope on my back and they need to check, you know, they need, they're, they're there to check breathing. I'm like, can you please take a deep breath for me? And of course I, I know how to take a deep breath. I know how to mobilize my diaphragm. And so I actually do. And then she's like, no, 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 like this. And then she'll take a breath and lift her shoulders. I'm like, oh, you want me to take a zone three breath? Oh, gotcha. So anyway, I think there's a lot, I mean, even in the nursing industry, there's a lot of misunderstanding about well, what is a deep breath? So what I'm really referring to is this zone one, zone two, so that we're not using accessory muscles of respiration that amplify our heart rate, that amplify the, amplify the stress. So what's the best practice? In my opinion, best practice one is to witness, right? Be aware and to understand these three different zones, the gut zone, this rib cage zone, and then this neck, shoulder, um, high in case of emergency zone. So what I do, especially throughout um, role model, is I tell people to either get, excuse me, body by breath, to get a tool. Like I have a ball called the gorgeous ball, or people can roll up a yoga mat or roll up um, a towel, like just like I used to do in my dorm room. And first, place it on the ribs, not the abdomen like you see all over Instagram, uh, which I've made very popular over the last, you know, like 14 years, this gut massage, or what my friend Kelly Starrett calls gut smash, um, going right into your viscera like I did when I was 19 years old, probably not the best practice because it is intolerable for a diaphragm that is frozen or that's trying to get its next breath in. When you go right into the gut, your body, like I said, is going to organize itself around airway no matter what. And if it feels like it's being starved for air, it will create a pain sensation. It will throw you into panic, it will start to, your brain will start to make up um, ideas why this is a bad idea, why um, Jill Miller or Body by Breath is a terrible, terrible um, program and that nobody should do it and this is just ridiculous. So um, I've learned best practices over the last 20 years of teaching this work. I think one of the best places to start is actually in your rib cage. So you lay, lay side facing. So you'd lay on your side, just like you would, you know, in a bed with a pillow. And what that will start to teach the ribs, so we'll start in the ribs, is what their possible rib range is. Because I can't get a good inhale if I can't get a good exhale. And when I'm laying on the gorgeous ball on my side or laying on an object on the side, as you breathe in, you'll feel the ribs 
being forced against the elasticity or the pressure of the tool. But you know what? On the exhale, the tool is going to really help to downwardly turn the ribs. It's what we call downward rotation in the rib cage. And that downward rotation is what helps to empty what's stuck inside of you. So the more we can create an emptying or the more we can create a vacuum, the easier it will be for your body to spontaneously fill. So we can't fill if we haven't emptied. So doing a little bit of rib breathing, I have found very helpful. Plus the benefit of this is that um, your back muscles tend to relax deeply. You get this incredibly incredible compression that finally allows for a little bit more um, decompression of the spine. And then that's very, very typically very helpful for the head, neck, and face. And the other thing that this is just incredible for, and of course you would do the other side too, you do, there's a variety of different breathing strategies that you can do once you're there. Um, but it's also very helpful for the lung tissue itself. And so for my friends who have uh, gotten stuck in um, any type of lung pathology, specifically long COVID. I have so many people that I work with with long COVID that their HRV is just all over the map um, and they have very difficult time still getting mucus to clear. This is a great way to actually manipulate the lung tissue and expectorate without negative side effects of having to take pills or herbs or, or medicines that you don't necessarily know what the chemical trace is going to be. But this is a manual intervention to, to trick, not trick, this is not a trick, like this, is, it, it works on certain reflexes, um, but it allows your body to spontaneously um, breathe at ease and has all these other beneficial postural and pain side effects. Thank you so much for breaking that down. I think I think this is such a, you know, it's a it's such a beneficial topic to talk about because I think it's something that even though the idea of like breath work is becoming a little bit more mainstream, mm -hmm. I just like the importance of breathing for overall health and even how you've touched on um like the, the nervous, the connection to the nervous system too. And that is something we talk about sometimes from a nutrition perspective, mm -hmm. you totally broke down in the beginning with the idea of like how connected it is to our digestive system. We typically talk about it from like, if you're going into, um, a heightened sympathetic nervous system response, like a fight or flight that your digestion basically doesn't work as well for you mm -mm. because, because, because your body's intelligent and it knows what to do. And if it's sensing that higher level of stress, it's not going to spend its time and energy digesting your food, but having tools like this, we often talk about like getting into the rest and digest that, which I guess would be your zone one, um, breathing. Yeah, this immediately puts you into a vagal dominant state. And so, yeah. I mean, when the vagus nerve starts to fire, it's telling your guts to go squish, squish, squish. So that's really what we want. And and as soon as we we bypass or as soon as we um, go into like uh, chronic zone two or go into zone three, um, we're in such a state of fight, flight, all the blood is going to the muscles to tell the body to run instead of going to the organs to help us digest. And so really, this is a, a really direct on off switch relationship. Um, and it really can be cultivated. I mean, I could see people doing these type of practices, especially in eating disorder clinics prior to eating so that they can, you know, relax their anxiety ahead of having to sit and face um, um, the repetition of, you know, of eating 
when it's so confrontational and so emotional. So um, I think I, I appreciate you seeing those parallels and that we can make those adjustments, um, but it also takes more than just making the adjustments. So part of in body by breath, there's a lot of mindset work mm-hmm. um, and almost every exercise there's about a hundred exercises in the book um, is accompanied by a mindset strategy so that you can really host the experience of, of feeling because Um, When you start to do these parasympathetic based practices that tune down your nervous system, that get you out of fight flight, um, you you will start to have a lot of feelings from your body Mm -hmm. that are unusual, uncomfortable, um, and quite frequently full of emotion. And so it's good to have a top down message to yourself to welcome those feelings. So for example, some of the mindsets that I have in the book are all of me is welcome here or my breath is home, um, you know, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. That I think that's really vital, as, as you mentioned, whether people are dealing with sort of kind of extreme long-term um, like relationships with food. And I mean, we all have relationships with food, um, whether they're, you know, pleasure. We all have emotional relationships with food, regardless how of how that manifests, I think. And so to be aware of certain things like that, if you're dealing with it in the context of digestion or, um, or even, can you talk to us a little bit about what is the relationship as, as sometimes these emotions come up, what do people experience, um, from a, from like a brain health or a mental health perspective as well. Can you talk a little bit about, um, cause earlier you're talking about how it's like a brain to body, body to brain. And it's, we know that the gut and the brain are intricately connected. So with this, you know, with breath being the central, you know, connector, I guess, of mm-hmm. all the functions in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that as well? about the mental well, health think, component? Yeah, I mean, the whole book is a manifesto of how to be with your anxiety and ride with it, not punish it, not just try to keep kicking it to the curb. But again, this all of me is welcome here. Even my anxiety body is welcome here. Even though my anxiety body um, loves to fidget when I start to relax or um, can't tolerate stillness. Um, these are these are very very real phenomenon, and I try to to tackle head on in the book and welcome what I call the messy meditators. I mean, there's like this phenomenon called relaxation induced anxiety. Fifty three percent of people, when they start to actually um, go from sixty to zero, um, have an intolerable experience of being in their body, and that can that can be that all of a sudden when their body is still, that's when the pain arises, or when their body is still that's when the bad feelings arise. Or when their body is still, that's when they start to have tremors or shakes. This is not an unusual experience. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I didn't, until I read the data on this phenomenon, I mean, I came across relaxation-induced anxiety, um, the term about maybe 25 years ago. And it stuck with me ever since. And I mean, I didn't have it, but I had a client on the table one time because I, I do body work occasionally. That's part of how I develop the, the self-massage strategies is doing um, body work strategies. And I remember this client being on the table and just all of a sudden just started throwing their arms and throwing their arms and like, oh God, I can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. And what was happening is as their body was starting to relax, 
their sympathetic nervous system said, oh no, uh -uh, I got you, I got you. This is not safe. It's not safe to relax. So I am going to just fly down your median nerves and you are going to be very uncomfortable until you get off this table and run. Um, and that doesn't mean that that it was a bad person. It doesn't mean that um, that they're not able to deal with their emotions. But we have, and this is, I go over this in a, an entire chapter on the vagus nerve. There's like a 38 page chapter on the vagus nerve. And I break down um, some new thinking around the vagus nerve called polyvagal theory. Um, but this really does, it, it has to do with being able to accept that you are you no matter what stage you're in. But can we um, build, can we play and try to build more parasympathetic endurance so that we can build a better capacity to tolerate our own relaxation response and all of the weirdness that pops up with that. So I think that's a really important aspect of, um, of, of helping people build a recovery body because you can't outperform your lack of recovery. Eventually you will injure yourself. That just is played out again and again and again in sports fields and in gyms um, and in, you know, corporate hoo-ha all over the place. Like we really can't do better if we can't figure out how to refill our cup, how to refill the tank. And that's, I mean, that's like in a global way what this book addresses. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using Seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community as well. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code COURAGEOUS15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. Mental health is a body-wide event. It's not just a brain-based event. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And again, you're speaking our language and things we talk about a lot. <laughs> and I have, I mean, I have, I have a couple questions for you based on some things you mentioned, right? You said, um, self miss, you were talking a little bit earlier about self massage and mm -hmm. stillness. And 
you, I think you mentioned that, you know, self-massage is one of the most, or a gut massage, I think you said, but, um, I know you mentioned that self-massage is one of the most important tools we can use. Can you talk a little bit about that and how we can use, why that is and how we can utilize, um, self-massage? Yes. Self-massage is a really direct way to flip your stress switch. Um, so I, I've been in the fascia research space for good grief. Um, easily 14, 14 to 18 years. Um, but yeah, a long time. Okay. So, um, but recently I wrote a chapter in a medical textbook called fascia function and medical applications. And I wrote a chapter on self myofascial release and what are its known effects. Um, that actually took me a year to write while I was writing body by breath. My, a friend of mine who was the medical editor of this book and asked me to do this chapter. So, um, what I'm, what I'm offering to you is, is not hot takes. These are actually evidence-based, um, uh, benefits of doing self-massage with tools on your body, which is that it impacts your parasympathetic nervous system. So it helps to flip the stress switch from sympathetic upload and helps to improve parasympathetic features, the rest, digest, recovery. There's also recent research that rolling actually helps to address depression. So there is a an uptick in affect and emotional, that elusive well-being feeling when you do do self-massage. Um, it also improves uh, blood flow. I mean, that's kind of obvious, but it improves blood flow because when you're rolling, it releases nitric oxide. When you're rolling and creating friction in fascial tissues, it releases nitric oxide to the to the bloodstream, which is a vasodilator. Um, so this is very good for heart health and for arterial health. Um, rolling also is really beneficial for your range of motion. Um, Erica, you were talking about the pain in your shoulder. You know, doing very targeted, specific um, uh, rolling mobilizations. Can, can really flip the pain proprioception equation in the shoulder and give your body a vacation from the pain and allow you to train your shoulder in safe ranges so that over time you can remodel that pattern, right? The, because so much of chronic pain is the brain just saying, I got it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this tight, this tight, this tight, and you're not gonna have the pleasure of movement, but I'm gonna keep you safe because I think there might've been a joint issue uh, like uh, five years ago, but I'm gonna still keep it so that you never hurt yourself again. So we're, we're able to actually work with this, this body-brain, brain-body relay between um, body sense, proprioception, and then the motor control over that. Um, it also reduces delayed onset muscle soreness. So there's, there's a lot of different things that self-massage can do. Um, in body by breath, one of the main ways I use the self-massage is, is to really deepen parasympathetic features, meaning it really hastens the relaxation response based on how I arrange your body and how the, the ball um, rolling is choreographed, basically. And then, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, we were talking about the zone one, zone two, zone three, um, I then organize specific strategies in each zone. Uh, and I know for many people in their zone one, there, especially for female bodies, there are so many people with scar tissue from um, C-sections or appendectomy or um, gallbladder, trend, you know, gallbladder surgeries. Um, so that is also addressed in the book. I go over um, a scar massage in, a, in an appendix at the end, in, in case that's um, something that people are grappling with that's, that's interfering with their 
ability to release deeply and to let go. Um, thank you. Yeah. The, so for anyone, you know, listening and learning today from Jill, the book is there are so it, it's like a how to you really break it down. You have visual aids. You have um, would you say over a hundred um, different sort of practices or exercises and things that you can try tools. And um, Erica and I are both fans of really implementing tools, like having episodes be have at least little bite-sized takeaways that people can choose to um, apply to their own lives if if it fe- if they feel called to it. And your book is basically like one giant set of tools, which is really awesome. Um, and I think, you know, I was thinking about this t- tangential, but I, the, I really think that the only reason I learned about this part of my anatomy was because I studied voice for many years and classical oh, voice. Oh. And so, but had I not, and my mom was also a, a classical singer for many years, I don't think I would have known about the the function of the diaphragm, you know, I, I think, um, and as Erica said, we should like learn this in school and even, even beyond the anatomy, just understanding what the power of the breath and what, what it does for us, both involuntarily by keeping us alive. I think you said, what is it? 22,000 times a day that we breathe or through conscious breath. Um, when we are, uh, kind of going through a lot of what we talked about today and how, um, effective it can be in healing and pain management or, um, you know, so many different biological functions, including, including mood, include, you know, it's all deeply connected. And I think sometimes we live in, um, you know, in the, in the Western medical kind of framework, there's so many sort of, our bodies are siloed. Like you go to this doctor for this thing and this doctor for that thing. But like, I feel like talking about the breath today is just a deep reminder that, our bodies constantly—it's like one thing; it's all working together. And um, I think the breath, the way you've broken it down so well, is is one of one of the things that intricately links, you know, all all parts of the body. Um, so thank you for that. And I feel like we could we could probably do a part two with you because of your um, just your wisdom and and the information you were able to share with us today. So before we wrap up, we do three quick wrap up questions for all of our guests. So I'll start off with the first one. And that is, um, what does your daily self care look like? Do you have, um, any practices that are non-negotiable for you? Uh, yeah. So, uh, rolling is definitely one of them. Um, I definitely do breath scans, you know, throughout the day, because I get just as triggered, you know, I have two young kids, I have a nine year old and a six year old, and boy, do I have to work on my exhales, Ooh, especially around mealtime. Oh, my gosh, where everybody wants something different. So um, yeah, I'm definitely engaged in that on a, a, a very dynamic level. Um, every day, my most cherished practice. Uh, so one major practice for me on the regular is strength training because I am a hypermobile body. So as uh, the more I've studied anatomy, the more I've come to understand some of my own quirks have to are because of a, of a spectrum of strange things due to hypermobility. So it's very important for me, especially as an aging lady, I'm 51. Um, I make sure that I get in um, rigorous strength based work. 
Um, and then the other dearest practice for me that I is a non-negotiable is singing. So I just love that, Allie, you were classically trained. I was um, classically trained, but I had to step out of it because I was, like I mentioned, I was bulimic in college and my voice was just not developing or I just didn't understand what I was being taught. I watched my classmates just excel and I knew I wasn't as good as, as them. Um, and so I stopped the singing part of my, of my dream and uh, continued with other parts of my dream. And then during the pandemic, while I was, you know, earnestly in deep writing, trying to finish the book, I wrote the book for eight years. It was very difficult to finish the book, especially during the pandemic. Um, but while homeschooling children, but my kids had voice lessons and music lessons with um, this incredible rocker named Chad Wolf. Uh, Carolina Liar is his band, and uh, and I kept saying to him, you know, I used to sing. I used to sing in college. Like someday I'll I'll do a voice lesson with you. But I did. I turned in my chapter, my second draft, one day, and I emailed him. I said, you know what? I'd like to do that voice lesson today. This was about two years ago, and um. Yeah, he came to the house that day and I started to sing with him and he completely helped me to become a pop, a pop singer and got me out of all these terrible habits that I had had um, and bad technique that I had gleaned or had interpreted, you know, in whatever way. So singing is my greatest joy and knowing what I know about the human body and um, getting to re-experience singing in this body now is it's an unspeakable unspeakable. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, the next question we ask is what does being courageous mean to you? <laughs> okay. Well, here's a plug Erica and Allie, because I actually have a ball called the gorgeous ball. So for me, being courageous is being gorgeous and it is being willing to go to the depths of my core and listen, listen to what my body needs. I love that. And then um, the final question is, in addition to your own books, of course, do you have something you would um, recommend to our audience? And it can be on anything, just a book or a piece of content that's really resonated with you along your journey. Oh, okay. Well, two books pop it up right away. One is Dopamine Nation, um, which is by Anna Lemke. And I just... Uh, find this book to be for me like crisis level importance um, regarding uh, the addictive nature of uh, social media and lots of other addictive things. I mean, as a recovered addict, <laughs> um, I loved reading her book and trying to understand some of my impulses, how they tr have transferred into my own behavior on social media or not my behavior on social media, because I think I'm very I think I'm very diplomatic on social media, but my my uh, hygiene around social media. There's there you go. Um, and then the other book that pops into mind is one that is by my bedside, and it, the letters are so small I can only read at a certain time of day because I have not gone to get readers yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so bullish. Like I'm like okay, only one time of day is the light right for this. Um, so I'm moving through this book. I think I'm in my second or third year on it, um, but it's The Beak of the Finch. And it was a book I was told to, to read while I was writing my own book because it is one of the best um, science, 
science-based books that's out there or a book, you know, about a scientific phenomenon, which is about Darwin's finches and about evolution, like literally happening in, in the moment. So these scientists are on the Galapagos and they're like, oh my gosh, that adaptation literally just changed the trajectory of this species. So it's very, very exciting. Um, I mean, you got to be a real nerd to love it. Like, but the first book I ever got through, the first like science book I ever got through on my own was The Origin of the Species. I think I read it like in junior high or some ridiculously early age and it really stuck with me. So this feels like, uh, but I don't know if I'll ever finish it because of, I'm, I'm not going to go get those readers anytime soon, but I'm making my way through it. Okay. Well, thank you, Jill. If anyone does want to find you, follow you, um, buy your book, where can yes, they do please. that? Uh, well, I'm, I can be found on Instagram at the Jill Miller. My brand is tune up fitness. So we also have a, a feed on Instagram. My website is tuneupfitness.com. Uh, the book is body by breath. Body by breath has its own website, which will tell you like how to find the book, but you can go to Amazon. You can go to a bookstore. You can ask for the book. It's, it's available everywhere worldwide. Um, and I do do live events, um, both online and in person. I have an online classroom where there's new classes every week called move, breathe, roll. So if you're interested in some of the methods that I've described, um, they're all, all they're all there. They're recorded. Um, and then, every cycle I get together with my students and we have a mentor group. And so this is open to, to people worldwide. There's about 250 classes already in the library with new ones every week. And there are a lot of programs on the tuneupfitness.com website that can take you down different paths um, depending on what your age, stage and fitness level are. And I, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but I have a new program based on HIT. Um, high intensity interval training that I did with a dear friend of mine, Doc Jen Forboni, uh, on on instagram she's doc jen fit and um we do a, a very uh wonderful program that combines hit training and self-myofascial release and bring out the scientific um bits of both but it's tons of practice and then there's like wonderful evidence-based lectures in that too so that's coming up um early summer very cool well thank you again so much it's really been a pleasure having you thank you so much Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.